to another instalment of the Justin Insight podcast. We are now on episode number eight. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with the show, my name is Tim Beckbeck. I am a writer. I am a lover of music, film and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Uh, I'm recording this at 1am on Monday morning, so hence why this might sound a little bit quiet. Uh, but I've had a super busy weekend and haven't really had a chance to do anything podcast related in getting everything sorted so i'm doing it a bit last minute to make sure uh, this episode goes out for tuesday um so i won't keep you very long with my my usual little ramblings of the week but um one thing i do want to mention is i went to the attack pro wrestling chris travis tag team invitational tournament in cardiff this weekend uh, and it was absolutely phenomenal like all the competitors were just insane um it's a promotion that I've only just recently kind of got into. I've been following them for a while, but I haven't really watched many shows. Um, but I watched a couple of their stuff on Vimeo just to get myself uh, acquainted with them before I went to the tournament. Um, and it's safe to say some of the stuff that I saw that over that weekend, I've not laughed so hard uh, during the wrestling match. It was just super entertaining. And yeah, so um, just when it comes out on their Vimeo service, make sure you go and watch it because not only did it raise uh, well over five and a the half thousand pounds for the Cavendish Cancer uh, Charity. Um, it was just a super awesome weekend, really emotional, really fun, and yeah, just really great. So go check that out. Uh, anyway, uh, speaking of wrestling, we are on the final stop before WrestleMania, um, and to discuss to discuss all things WWE Fastlane, uh, I was joined once again by my good friend Callum Millwood um, to discuss the uh, the recent WWE pay per view. Uh, so I hope you enjoy our chat. Uh, as always, you can join in the discussion using the hashtag JAIPod. Um, and I will see you guys on the other side. So we are at the last stop uh, before WrestleMania, which was uh, the Raw exclusive pay-per-view Fastlane. Uh, again, joining me for... The wrestling chat is Callum Millwood. Callum, how are you doing? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, really good. As, <laughs> as as mentioned before, we went into recording, had a bit of a a long weekend, so I'm I'm pretty tired, and I think Fastlane kind of took it out of me even more. So, but here we are, yeah. and Re- WrestleMania is in sights. But um, as a, a as a bit of a pre requisite before we get into this, I hadn't really watched Raw for a couple of weeks, so a lot of the storylines I wasn't that interested in so were, were you kind of interested in Fastlane going into it uh not not too much to be honest it's it's one of those things where I think this is what Raw suffers from the most it's just they they got I know they have you know they got the same four guys you feel like you see every week yeah kind of yeah at the top of the card and the whole undercard kind of suffers a bit but um yeah, this is it. Like going in, I didn't, I didn't feel as hyped as I should have. I know it's only like a prop, you know, a few weeks build, considering how many pay per views we see now. Um, but going into this, I, I did keep up with Raw and stuff, but it just, you know, there was, you know, yeah, yeah, it was just they, <laughs> they could have done more. I feel like going into this one anyway. And uh, as as a whole, did you did you enjoy the pay per view, or did you think it was a bit kind of substandard? For me, it wasn't. I didn't think it was very good. No, I mean this this show was, you know, there was there was there was a uh, there was a few matches that were going to that I did enjoy a lot, um, but the majority of the show it did feel kind of flat. I think to sum it up, I feel like this was like 
uh, it felt like a Sunday Night Raw. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, wasn't, yeah. it didn't really feel like a big pay-per-view. It just felt like kind of a flat episode of Raw. Mm. But, um, you know, we're, we're about to go into that properly. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I thought I'd take a bit of a, a different tack this time. So, after each match, because obviously WrestleMania is the next event. So, after each match, if we kind of say where we think, like, feuds and stuff are going to head in the in what direction, and we can kind of build it up from there. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. That's fine with me. <laughs> so, so obviously, pre-show we had the the cruiserweight tag match between uh, Akira Tozawa, Rich Swan taking on the Brian Kendrick and Noam Dar. Um, I have a soft spot for the cruiserweights, and I, I I think I've mentioned this before. So it does annoy me that they kind of get shunned a little bit. But this match just it didn't really for me it didn't seem to kind of go anywhere. I, I didn't really get why Noam Dar was in the match, even though I'm a big fan of his. Um, and the whole Alicia Fox thing, I'm just done with it. She needs to go away. But yeah, I, I just I just thought that for, for a warm-up match, it was okay. But apart from that, it didn't really do a lot. Yeah, I, I do feel pretty much the same as you, really. Um, I Again, I, I have a soft spot for the Cruiseway, so I do feel like out of the gate they have kind of struggled to kind of get the whole um, cruiserweight division over and it's only now we're kind of starting to see it um, kind of come to full uh, fruition and um, with uh, with this one it, it, obviously it's a pre-show match obviously we're not expecting much really yeah. going into it um, uh, yeah Kendrick and Dar thrown together I guess I guess it made sense in the, in the fact that both hills yeah. but apart from that, um, that there's no dynamic there and I know this is one of those situations where they're just trying to get everyone on the show or showcase as many people as they can in one kind of pre-show ever. And sadly, they've done that quite a lot with um, with the cruiseways already. Um, but going into this, uh, you know, I did predict uh, Tazawa predict to kind of take the um, time to, to get the pin. Yeah. Sorry. Um, because I mean, I've, I think he's been fantastic the past few weeks on Raw. He's been one of the highlights of of Roy as a whole show and 205 Live on top of that. But, um, uh, yeah, this is it. Again, there's no really, there's not much building. This is obviously thrown together in the first place anyway. So, you know, what can you expect? Yeah. Well, similar to yourself, I kind of thought that, to, I thought obviously that the face team would win and, and Tazal would get the three count. So for, for Swan to pick up the pin, it, it just seemed a bit odd to me, but... And obviously, the rumor floating around is that um, there's going to be the like the standard WrestleMania ladder match is going to be amongst the cruiserweights this this year. So uh, yeah, it's just one of those again. It kind of just seems a bit cobbled together, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, I guess again, we we say this every month for the pre-show. I think, but um, I think every pre-show match does kind of feel like that. I mean. I did see this announced the other day, but I assumed it was a four-way originally. Um, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, um, maybe that's just because I misread it all wrong, or <laughs> yeah. wherever I saw it, it was wrong. I don't know. But um, yeah, uh, you know, as as a match, um, breaking it down, like um, you know, th- there was a few spots to talk about. Like I know, you know, there was a teased double suicide dive early on, which yeah. was blocked by Alicia Fox. Um, no, Amdar, I think, just pulled her in the way of both Kendrick and himself. And, then, um, uh, yeah, Swan's Phoenix Splash, I thought was pretty 
pretty big in this match. She looked pretty impressive. But I think it was a touch bar. She wasn't perfect. Mm. It, the net landing wasn't quite there. Um, surprisingly, the crowd was really hot, I think, on this match. Like, for a warm-up match, um, I think throughout the night, I noticed this, but it was a very face-heavy crowd. Like, they were popping hard for the faces yeah. tonight. Um, and, you know, it was... Uh, I can't remember. It was one who took, he got the win on this one. Um, I can't remember which one he pinned. I think he pinned Dahl, wasn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think that was it. That's right. Um, but yeah, I thought, as you know, as a match as a whole, when they finally got that second uh, double suicide dive in, that looked pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was quite cool. Um, don't ever let Tazawa dance, though, at the end of the match. <laughs> I think they just need to stay well away of that. I know it's just a proper Vince thing, but uh, yeah. No, I thought it was all right. It, it just, you know, it just did the job as any, any kind of pre-show match. It wasn't anything fun or overly exciting, but it just did the job, really. Mm. And as I said, kind of leading up to, to WrestleMania, do, do we expect there to be... Because uh, like, obviously the the whole Brian Kendrick-Tozawa thing was building. Yeah. And, and um, I don't really know where Dar kind of stands with things. Obviously, Swan's just come back from injury. Do we see... A further feud or do you think it will be this this ladder match i don't know um you know i i, d- I don't love it when uh wwe shoehorn in matches for the sake of it such as the ladder match i, I haven't enjoyed that well i say i haven't enjoyed it i have but um at mania sorry having the ladder match there itself for the ic title um I, I, the match is usually good but what i'd like to see is a one-on-one kind of match at yeah. Mania for the IC title but if they're now doing that with the Cruiserweights um, you know I, I guess it makes more sense because of the high high flying kind of style yeah. but I just don't you know unless they do the build right I don't think it's going to be as good as everyone expects it to be um, I would I would prefer to see Tazawa and Kendrick one on one I think but yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that's what we'll, we'll see we'll probably will some multi-man booked match of some kind going into the, the main pay-per-view so mm. we'll have to see really yeah and then, obviously, go on to the on the main show. Um, I thought it was really bizarre that they opened with with Sami Zayn and Samoa Joe because I think looking at the card, that was to to me what could have potentially been the match of the night. But it al- almost kind of felt like a a second warm up match. And like again, there there was some some good spots. There was obviously the tease of the the muscle buster. Um, and the tease of the Haluva kick as well from from Sammy, which I thought worked really well for both, because obviously neither of them particularly hit their kind of killer move. Um, but yeah, I just felt this was a, a a bit strange for for a show opener. Yeah, and this is the big question mark as well on the on the finishing moves themselves, as we still haven't seen Joe actually do the muscle buster on the main roster yet. So. You know, there was a tease slightly, but um, will we actually see it on the muscle bus? So people are saying the Coquita Clutch will now be Joe's just straight up finisher, and they are really playing on the fact he's a, you know, uh, this, you know, submission machine and mm. stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, as as a whole match, again, we didn't we didn't see all those big finishes like we're usually used to with these guys. I think they are going to reserve this this kind of feud down the road for both these guys. I, you know. As an opening match, I I would have liked to seen a lot more. I feel like yeah. there was some kind of promise in the match itself with um, some of the spots that we saw. But, um, 
in my notes I've made uh, in my notes sorry I've I mentioned that I think a lot of the moves that they were trying to do in the more technical spots they, they were a bit untidy mm. um, so there was a bit early on where Joe was mostly dominating early on and you know Sammy's selling like crazy and it's, it looks great on his end but um there's like a few technical submissions, like there's like a reverse surfboard kind of style thing going on where yeah, yeah. Joe's on his back and he's trying to like surfboard Sammy and but it kind of just, he just topples and it's not quite there. <laughs> yeah. um, there was some really cool stiff spots. I really liked uh, like that really fat, uh, stiff leg sweep that Joe oh, did yeah, to uh, Sammy. Yeah. I thought he legit like just took his knee out. Um, this is something that we'll talk more about as we go on tonight, but there was a lot of knee injuries being played on in a lot of the matches, which is a bit strange. But, mm. um, uh, you know, as as a whole match, it did feel very short, I feel. Um, I don't know what you felt about it. Yeah, well, kind of the same, right? In in the notes I've made is that it kind of didn't live up to, to what the potential I thought it would. And it, in my view, it didn't kind of showcase their both guys' particular strengths. And I mean, with Joe, this being his first main roster pay-per-view, I, I kind of thought that they'd sort of play on it a bit more. And obviously they've kind of built him as this destroyer character. So I thought we'd see a lot more of him just kind of brutalising Sammy and Sammy being the, the underdog that he is. But there, there wasn't really a lot of that. And, and the, the end for me was a little bit... Again, kind of going back to what we um, spoke about with the last uh, NXT takeover with the uh, Asuka match, it was kind of like, oh, we've got another match and he's gone, we better finish this. It just kind of seemed like Joe spiked him and that was it kind of thing. Yeah. Do you, do you feel um, Sammy's now in danger of being permanently that guy on the roster who is a great workhorse, but it's just going to job out to everyone now? Oh, it's, it's a difficult one because... I think he's he's proven himself to be almost like a safe hand, hasn't he? So, yeah, the, the they're going to kind of put him in that position. But uh, see, obviously, I know they're going to have. Well, obviously, we'll go into this a, a bit more later. But it looks like they're going with the whole Jericho Owens thing at Mania. But I, I would have loved to have seen Sammy, Sammy and Jericho go for a proper series for the US title and, and put the strap on Sammy, but. It, unfortunately, it does look like he's kind of put pigeonholed himself into that position now, doesn't it? Yeah, and th- this was my prediction as well, is I, I reckon we would have seen Zayn as the next US champion. Um, again, I don't know what they're going to be doing with the US title at Mania itself. I'd assume, we'll get to that later, obviously, but I su- I'd assume Jericho and KO would kind of play into that now. But, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure, to be honest. It's um, I don't know if he can really get out of this little hole especially going into mania season yeah um i I don't know what's for him at mania currently so uh saying that we might see joe and sammy again at mania maybe Mm. that's just my prediction uh but yeah i mean he still looked really strong this match again his selling is you know above anyone on the ross on the, the raw side of the roster anyway at the moment um and i did that huge blue thunder bomb he nailed Halfway through yeah. the match, I was really impressed. And I thought at one point saying maybe could get this over, but um, uh, at, at the end of the day, this is essentially just a short showcase for Samoa Joe, or as is the pay per view debut. I feel more than like the, the you know the um, outstanding match that we'll see in this feud between them if it carries on anyway. So yeah, mm. not sure what's going on from here. 
Yeah, and I, I think I'm kind of in the similar mindset is that because there's obviously this the rumours going around that at some point down the line that Triple H, uh, Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens are going to kind of form this stable. Um, but for the kind of current, it, it I don't know if we potentially see like Sammy and Joe go again at Mania. I'm not... I'm not It'd be interesting because obviously we've got Raw tonight anyway, so it'd be interesting to see if, yeah. if that does kind of spark on a bit more from there or if it is a case of one and done. But then it's where where do those two guys sit on the on the Mania card? Do they go into the Andre the Giant Memorial? <laughs> it's just Which I think for, for both yeah. guys would be mm. horrible. But Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't like to see either of those guys in that match. No. Um, again, that... that... Um, the the entree battle royal it always it kind of feels like more of an undercard thing. Um, you could argue Sammy's in that place and he's at the top of it and he would probably be a contender to win it. But I don't feel like that's the place for him immediately. I feel like he should be higher ranked on this roster currently. Yeah. Um, and then we get the tag team title match. I'm going to be 100 percent honest because as as I said to you, I, dro- I drove back from Cardiff. <laughs> I, I I fell asleep during this match. So I, I don't really have a whole lot to say. So I'm going to kind of leave it in your, your hands, Callan, just to say, <laughs> say what you thought of it. Uh, right. Well, this is it. Like, um, you know, I guess if you break it down from the start, we it opened up with another Enzo and Cass promo. And um, as over they are in the arenas and as faces, it's getting a bit old for me now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're feeling the same, but I just feel like... I guess this is again a problem with the division on Raw, the tag division on Raw. It's um, I feel like we've seen everyone fight everyone already. So going into this, the club versus Enzo and Kaz, I just feel like, you know, we see, we've seen that a lot anyway um, over the past six months or so. Um, but yeah, I mean, Enzo is obviously a, a phenomenal talker, but I just feel like again, it's this, yeah, it just gets it's getting a bit old. Yeah, the old stick the intro, and you know, I don't know how far they can take it and I, I think they will just beat it till it's a dead horse pretty much but um, you know anyway like so the match starts and there's you know there's a few big spots early on where Enzo is just essentially being ragdolled around um, you know that's their kind of their style between yeah, Enzo and yeah. Cass is the fact Enzo just throwing <laughs> sorry uh, Cass is throwing Enzo just pretty much into whoever he's fighting against <laughs> yeah. pretty much that's just their style um, so we saw a few of those spots early on. Um, I did really like when it was just uh, Enzo and Anderson one-on-one and, and Anderson's just full-on healing it up and he's grinding like Enzo's face with his fucking forearm and stuff like this. And, uh, I've, you know, I, I, Anderson as, as a singles competitor, I'd love to see one day. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I, I don't I know totally if that will happen. But, no, um, I agree totally he, with he's, that. He's fantastic. He's great. Um, but, um, yeah, there wasn't many really other big spots before, you know, the, the hot tag, which will be to Big Cass at some point. I did enjoy Anderson breaking up that hot tag by just running in from the corner. And just yeah, that's the, that's the one there. bit I saw, like, yeah. I saw, like, uh, gifts and stuff of it on Twitter, and I was like, that looks brutal. Yeah, it looked great, and this is it. And Enzo is, you know, everyone says he is essentially Scrappy-Doo. He's the guy getting in the fight, <laughs> yeah. and Big Cass is there backing him up. Um, but I do really enjoy... It when you know the, the, essentially Enzo is the ragdoll, and the whole all of their matches always just building for that and uh, big cast hot tag. You know, um, going into this, I wasn't you know I was a bit a bit like oh I've seen this before, but I did feel like they'd done more than they have done on Raw. Um, 
And then, like, towards the end of the match, you know, um, we saw Enzo and Cass. I can't, I don't know the name of their finisher, the one from the top rope. Um, oh, God, when, yeah. What do they call it? I don't know. They call it so shakalaka or something silly. That's now. it, um, something like that, yeah. <laughs> that sounds old. Um, <laughs> Uh, that spot looked a bit silly because it was um, it was really close in the corner and you know it was essentially Enzo just being projected and just falling like literally a foot from yeah. the corner. Of the... So it looked a bit awful, but obviously it made sense for the fact Gallows was coming in to break up that um, pin from the corner. Um, and I don't feel like the ending was executed that well because so basically it ended obviously it went into um, uh, uh, what's um. Was it? It's Anderson's finish on this in this circumstance, wasn't it? I can't remember what his finish, but yeah, it's basically in the corner. Uh, Enzo gets his foot in on the on the rope, and before the ref can see the fact Enzo has his foot on the rope, Gallows runs in from the side, takes his foot off the rope, and the, the free count's done. Yeah. So um, and then they just you know run off with the titles, and it's looking like we'll probably see these guys have a at Mania now. You know um. Again, it was it was a very hill kind of executed win for them. Uh, the match, you know, it was pretty average, I think, as a whole. Um, but it's nothing we haven't seen on Raw before, minus a few other big spots. Yeah. Um, I feel like they are missing the opportunity with the club to make them look like big monsters. Um, and you know, I, again, I guess we'll be seeing a mania, but as a match as a whole, that that's essentially it. And you know it's pretty average mm. it, again this 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 is a continuing theme that we'll discuss but this whole kind of show did feel like uh an episode of raw yeah so I, I think it's not much different to that really <laughs> well what because one thing i've kind of seen floating around to do with the club is that obviously when they they came last year obviously they came shortly after aj styles and obviously them and aj styles has obviously the history with new japan uh new japan um, and there was kind of almost a sense that they were there because they were AJ and Finn's friends, basically. So people didn't really know what to do with them. Um, and now it, it kind of feels like they still don't really know what to do with them. And so they've just kind of put the tag belts on them. And it's, it's it, for me, it's quite bad because I think, as you say, they, they've got that potential to be that monster hill pairing. But whether it's Vince or someone else it just just doesn't seem to maybe not have the faith in them to, to play that character. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the rumors were um, when they came back, um, <laughs> Vince didn't realize Luke Gallows was Festus. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he just re-signed this guy who was hot at the time. But, um, uh, that's just, I think that's just a joke online. But um, Again, yeah, I don't think behind the scenes, I don't think they can see the full potential what they can do with uh, Gallows and Anderson. Uh, you know, and, you know, going back a few months when they did win the titles, um, I was actually, you know, pleasantly surprised behind it and I was quite hyped to the fact, oh, they're going to go with these guys finally. Um, but again, it's, it's just kind of, feel, it feels like they dropped the ball a bit. There are bits where I love where they, you know, um, you know, whether it's Anderson, you know, dropping hot Asian wife bombs everywhere, or it's just <laughs> yeah. uh, Gallows calling everyone nerds. Or um, I, I do like that, but I do feel like I do feel like they shouldn't play on the comedy aspect too much with these guys. You know, yeah. I feel like they they could be potentially monsters in the tag division. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, do you feel like they're dropping the ball a bit? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I just, as as you said, the whole comedy uh, comedy element is just. 
it worked when they were kind of feuded with New Day, but now I think they've got the belts. They should 100% be sort of the serious heels that, okay, they do kind of cheat to get the win, but they can still absolutely kick someone's ass as well. Yeah, I didn't mind the fact they won like the way they did, because it did, it did play on their characters a bit. Um, I just feel like they could be playing more on the fact they are they could essentially just squash anyone. But, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's coming from, from this, really. I guess we will see the rematch of Mania, maybe see if Enzo Kaz finally win the gold at Mania. I don't know. Um, well, Because they still, obviously still haven't won a title yeah. yet in WWE. Well, because another rumour that's been floating around as well, and I think this would kind of fit into to if they were to have this Mania rematch, is that... Obviously, Vince loves Cass there's, because he fits his mould. Um, and there's rumours that they, they're they going to split Enzo and Cass. And I I can see kind of it potentially happening at Mania or, or maybe the Raw after Mania that they go against the club one more time. They're almost sort of like that close to winning the, the belt and then maybe Enzo does something that costs them and then that's what causes the breakup. And I think... As much as I enjoyed Enzo and Cass in NXT, as you say, I think the yeah. whole the whole routine's got a bit old now, and there's not really a lot they can do with them as a tag team. I think so. To turn Cass as a heel and have him as this seven foot monster, and maybe even like have him have a series with Strowman, I don't know. Or yeah, I, I just I'd like to see Cass have a bit of a singles run. Yeah, see, I, I don't know if I would play it as black and white as that. What I, I what I feel like would benefit is Kaz can essentially still have a singles run as a, a face guy. Um, it's, and this is something I do miss from like the Attitude Era. Is, uh, obviously, back in the Attitude Era, we did have a lot of factions and stuff and partners and who's you know, buddies with who. Yeah. Like I do feel like you can have a singles run for Kaz and still have Enzo in the corner for the guy, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I I think Vince again. What you said, he does see a massive future for Kaz as a singles competitor. Um, I I wouldn't necessarily split them up though. I don't know if Kaz is going to look entirely great on his own immediately. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I mean, you could try and do a hill thing with him. I think they did actually. They were heels in NXT at one point, weren't they? Is that correct? I can't uh, remember. Maybe like when they first I think came when they, about. When they debuted, they were technically heels or something. Yeah, because they were maybe, maybe like the, the Jersey Boys, weren't they? Yeah, I might be wrong completely on that. But, um, uh, you know, I, they are over as hell and they are big merch sellers. So I, I feel like if they were going to give Cast that singles run down the line, they wouldn't necessarily break up the tag team. Yeah. They'd just, you know, have an affiliation still, but you won't see them competing with each other or you know Enzo doesn't have to come out every time with him it's just you know they can still be mates essentially (laughs) you know but yeah I don't know we'll see what happens but um I'm not too fussed really what's going on with (laughs) them currently and and then shortly followed by uh Nia Jax Sasha Banks the the rematch from um the Royal Rumble obviously the Rumble match was just a, a complete squash for obviously in favour of Nia, but I I really enjoyed this because I think uh, I've always had this, this issue with Nia that for, obviously I don't want this to sound sexist, but for her size, you want her to just absolutely kill someone. And yeah. I think like 
the, her face and like some of her movements don't fit her character. But I think we're slowly starting to see her come into the character that they want her to be. Um, and I, th- I can't remember off the top of my head now because, as I say, I was, I was quite tired. Um, but but there was a moment where she uh, Banks was just on like face down on the on the mat, and she was just dropping leg drops on the back of her. And I was like, "Yes, that's what I want to see. I want to see that. I'm just going to completely kill you attitude." And so I think this match, in comparison to what we saw at the Rumble, was a million times better. Yeah, absolutely. Like leaps and bounds better. If, um, if you don't remember the last time th- this match happened at the Rumble, I absolutely hated it. Yeah. Um, and that was because it was essentially was a squash on Sasha. Um, you know, um, even though I know they're trying to build Nia as that monster, but it was the fact that they chose Sasha to um, like take the loss at that point, coming off one of the biggest um, feuds of last year with Charlotte. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I did. I didn't feel like at that point Nia had justified the fact she could go over someone like Sasha. But with this match, I, feel, I felt completely different. Obviously, going into it, I was like, "Oh, it's going to be as bad as it was <laughs> yeah. at the Rumble." But um, completely different. I like again what you mentioned, Jax. I feel like she's she's now really finding her feet, especially the way she emotes in her moves, and I love her sassiness. Like to the ref, to the crowd, and to Sasha just talking back to her, like, you know, the whole time there was, like, a bit where, you know, Jax had uh, Sasha in the torture rack, and she's just, like, sassing the crowd yeah. whilst doing this, and just walking around with her, and it was, that's what I want to see from Jax, I want to see more of that, and I know everyone's com- criticism is, she's a smiler, and she needs to get rid of that, and she has, I think, um, and this is, I think this, if we go back to last year, uh, when Jax started finding a feet, I think it was, like, uh, her match with Asuka yeah, last year, yeah. and it, uh, it was last year now. Um, but yeah, uh, is um, that's when we started to see the side of Axe, the more monster, af- you know, athlete. Um, yeah, I mean, my notes on this is um, <laughs> my opening note says Sasha looks so fragile all the time, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it's true because you you know, especially in this match against Nia. Um, but there were some scary bumps um, that Sasha took. And, and I think it was, uh, you know, early on, it just looks like she's going to be about to be a twig snapped in half yeah. straight away off the bat. And it's mostly one-sided to um, two jacks, I felt like, early on. Um, and then going in, uh, there was that really impressive spot, actually. Um, there was like a, a, was it like a guillotine into like a suplex, and then it went into a sleeper. It was a really yeah, nice yeah. sequence. And it looked tight, and... Um, I think that's the turning point for me. I was like, God, this is good. And then Jack started sassing it up, and I was like, this is great. Crowd were hot um, when uh, Sasha got into the bank statement as well. Um, but then that quickly ended, and then we saw that huge spike from Jax, um just lifting Sasha and just dropping her. And that's when I was like, oh, you know. Yeah, I think. I don't know, I don't know how many bumps she can take, you know, <laughs> Sasha. This is, and this is. Um, Something that's a bit up for discussion is how long do we feel Sasha can wrestle with this style? Yeah. And how long? Uh, I'm concerned for the longevity of her career, pretty much in the ring. Um, do you think that's an issue? Well, it's kind of harping back to to like what we said about Sami Zayn is that he could he's kind of put himself in this position to to take all these killer bumps and and put other people over, and it it kind of feels like Sasha's now 
the the female equivalent, but obviously where the the depth of talent isn't as strong with the women. Not saying that it's not as good. There just aren't as many women as there are men on the roster. Mm. But like, yeah, it's it's kind of she's there to to put the put the people over. Like I think even going back a couple of months when obviously she was still feuding with Charlotte, like some of the stuff that she did with in the matches with her, and even some of the stuff when uh, Dana Brooke kind of ran in and attacked her, like, you do kind of have that worry is, as you say, is she going to be able to keep this kind of high-intensity style up? And we've seen, obviously, that the, she's had, obviously, injury angles, but she has actually been injured as well. So she, it's just, is she going to be one of those superstars that's constantly on and off? It, it is a worry. Yeah, I think this is, you know, my worry as well. And um, I, I don't know if um, she she can keep it up like this. I don't know if it's necessarily the matches that she's being put into. And she's I, I can get the sense she's trying to give her whole 100% into these pay-per-view matches and stuff and the, her wrestling style. But I do feel like, she, you know, it's some of the bumps she's doing are scary even obviously this kind of circumstance as well with her fighting a monster mm. they're going to play on that even more but um there even you know the charlotte feud last year like there was just some there's constantly scary spots and i know they wasn't there was a period where she when she wasn't champion for the first time after winning it that they actually were like oh we're going to give her a few weeks off because she's actually but her body is yeah, being up yeah. <clears throat> so um We'll see. I I hope I'd like to see her around in a couple of years, but um, it's quite scary at this moment. Yeah, because I think she's only like twenty four, twenty five, or something yeah, like that. So she, she is she's very young. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it kind of it, like if you equate it to the indies, it's kind of similar to to Will Ospreay. Obviously, he's only like twenty three, and mm. some of the stuff he like. I think he even put something on Instagram like tail end of last year that he kind of had to pull in the reins a bit because his body was just fighting what he was doing. And I, you, you kind of see that in some of the stuff that Sasha... Like, again, she she takes these ridiculous bumps, but then she may, yeah. she may not... Ne- she'll be on TV, but she may not necessarily be in a match for the next couple of weeks. And I think that might be WWE kind of telling her, look, look we appreciate everything you're doing, but slow the hell down sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, we'll have to see, like, hopefully in the long run, this doesn't kind of uh, tarnish her career. Uh, I, you know, I, I assume, coming off the back of this match, uh, we might, we'll probably see this again. Um, Naya and Sasha, maybe at Mania. Um, you know, the finish of this with Sasha essentially doing that bridge kind of roll up as uh, Jax was teasing the Samoan drop at the end. And yeah. um, so... I think it was the right result in the end for Sasha to go over in this one. Yeah, no, you know, I agree. If Jax went over a second time, I feel like, yeah, we're definitely seeing Sasha being squashed and uh, worried Vince would be doing another Roman's Reigns with uh, Nia Jax on the women's side of the roster. Yeah. But this back and forth, I think, it, you know, it doesn't tarnish Jax too much considering the circumstances of the roll-up. And it didn't look like it was necessarily Jax being too squashed um, out of it. Um, it, again, it was a very unique pin, so it kind of works in, in terms of storyline. Mm. Um, you know, I feel like 
you know, this is the right result and and it's the right progression to follow up into Mania. Although I'm now questioning if this um, uh, who would suffer the most at Mania taking the loss now. So um, again, it's just kind of like umming and ahhing. Where can we go from here with this storyline? Do you feel like it's going to be a bit of a funky Mania match if they do have another one? Well, this is because it's interesting. You you think that that it's going to be them two again? Because obviously. The thing that uh, that's been rumored, and I think, obviously, we'll discuss this later with what happened in Bailey and Charlotte's match. But the the rumors is that it's going to be a four way between Bailey, Charlotte, Sasha, and Nia, and I can kind of see that now because obviously there was that backstage segment with with Nia as well, kind of putting her into the title picture. Obviously, Sasha's now got the win over Nia as well, so they're kind of even and obviously we as I say we'll discuss what happened with Bailey and Charlotte later on but I, I think that is kind of the direction they're going to go and I don't know who it, it kind of as you say with if it was just a one-on-one who it would necessarily benefit but I guess it gets all of them in a big spot at Mania and I don't yeah I don't really know who would necessarily benefit from that but at the end of the day yeah. they're all in that spot yeah, maybe it's my silly brain thinking um, there might be a one-on-one. I think <laughs> what puts me off from that is the fact we had a triple threat last year for the women's title. And yeah. I, I would rather see a one-on-one. Uh, I know this isn't a title, women's title match, sorry, but um, with Bailey and Charlotte having the one-on-one. Um, but I guess you are right, because obviously we, later in the show we'll go into it, but it's teased, obviously, Sasha's involved with the whole, that kind of women's title picture as well. I expect Jack to be thrown in now. Um, that would probably make more sense um having a four way there and um again if you know not I guess in that circumstance there'll be no big losers if someone doesn't get a you know potentially takes a four at the end of the day. But um that probably makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and then obviously before we get into the next match there was the the pre show kind of spiel between Jindam Hall, Mick Foley and Handsome Rusev. Um, which kind of, I was very bizarre that it was just kind of all of a sudden, oh yeah, we are a tag team, but now we're not a tag team, so we're going to go our own way and have random singles matches, um, which didn't make sense, but I guess obviously we'll get into later that they needed to fill the space. So first up, we had Jinder Mahal against Cesaro. Uh, Yeah, it's... it's, it's, one of the more less tolerable moments of the whole show. You know, this this is when it got full on Monday Night Raw for me. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and it went on forever as well. And I don't know why they put both these matches back to well, back. Because that's what I thought when it was oh. when it first happened. I thought, right, Cesaro's going to squash Jinder. And then obviously later on, it'll be, I thought it'd be Rusev against someone smaller and Rusev would squash whoever. And it'll be done and dusted. But both matches just went on for so long. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I get they have to fill the time. But it, this just felt like this should have been on Raw, like tonight. You yeah. know, instead of um, at the pay-per-view itself. Um, yeah, I mean, this... Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll go into the match anyway. Like, I guess... Um, you know, we we saw the two come out at the start, and then um, 
we saw them uh, kind of fight into the, t- the timekeeper's area early on where Jin actually delivered this really nice looking brutal knee to like Jin, uh, Rusev's uh, head I can't remember now yeah. and he flipped took a timekeeper which leads to the match starting anyway yeah but I do love uh, uh, I've actually got on my notes that Rusev looks even more handsome with a nice <laughs> yeah. as well um, he's looking great like you know I, I, I don't know if they're playing on it now the fact he's a handsome dude yeah but like it's uh it's entertaining anyway, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll start with Cesaro Jinder anyway. Yeah, well, because I, admittedly, when Jinder was originally in WWE back in the day, I, c- I couldn't stand him, like, I just didn't, wasn't invested in his character whatsoever, but since he's been back, he's he's looked quite impressive, and as you say, that, that knee that he delivered to Rusev before everything kicked off looked really good, and... He he looked quite decent against Cesaro, I thought, and for for the technician that Cesaro is, I thought they were a good foil for each other because Jinder looks jacked as hell, and so yeah, I, it was as you say, it was a, it was very much a raw match, but it wasn't a horrible match if that makes sense. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Like I know, I, I guess the advantage of having a surprise match is there's no expectations going into it. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I've got in my notes that um, both Jinder and Cesaro's wrestling styles are both very similar to yeah. each other's. Um, and it was cool to kind of see that chemistry being played on, you know, the fact, on both of them. Jinder, like you mentioned, is looking probably arguably the best he's ever looked um, his whole career. Um, I wasn't into Jinder at all when um, he was with the company a few years back. Yeah, um, yeah. I did like 3MB. That was, that was my guilty pleasure. Um, <laughs> but um, again, we saw nothing really happen there, did we? But, um, you know, a, a, another kind of criticism in this match for me is the fact they were playing on injuries again. So Cesaro is, is selling like a lower back injury the whole match. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think the, the issue is the crowd didn't care about this match. And I, rightly so, because there was no build in any way, you know. Um I, I quite enjoyed the wrestling. I liked um, uh, Jinder kind of targeting the lower back. There was a moment where um, Cesaro was tied up in the turnbuckle and uh, Mahal just, you know, attacks the lower back still. Yeah. Um, you, you can tell the crowd getting a bit bored of it because you hear the CM Punk chants kind of blaring out in the distance and all that stuff. Um, Jinder was mostly dominating, surprisingly, the whole match. And it was kind of towards the end when we saw the whole dynamic sway. Um there was an impressive uh, one-armed vertical suplex from Cesaro whilst he was selling the back injury. Yeah, um, that would look great. And um, again, this is just plays on the fact Cesaro is a very strong dude. Mm. Um, I don't know what to make of uh, Cesaro's Swiss One Nine, and they, yeah. now he's really now he's really playing on it. Um, it was quite a nice little touch to his move set. But do you feel like he's kind of now? Uh, you know, it's it's not very authentic. I feel like, and now he's you know doing it all the time. Yeah, and and the fact that he even did like the whole like phone like mimicking yeah. as well. It's like when obviously Rey Mysterio makes sense, but there's no such thing as a Swiss One Nine. So it's just like who who are you calling? Like I get that it's a, <laughs> I get that it's a callback to to Mysterio, and but I think. Because obviously Cesaro's a bigger guy, it, it it just looks a little bit sloppy as well, I think. Um, but a precursor to that, I think, is afterwards what he does 
and I've got this in my note, is that his crossbody from the top row is is just a thing of absolute beauty. So yeah, if it, conti- well. if it <laughs> yeah, continues no, to set that up, I'm fine with it. But yeah, no, I do great. agree. No, that that spot was awesome. I, I've got that in my notes as well. Um, uh, again, I feel like both these, you know, if they had a, a bit more of a build on Raw, I, w- I wouldn't mind this feud at all. Uh, it's just, feel, again, it's just what suffers is the fact it's a last-minute match, you know, with no build kind of thrown into the card. Um, I did, you know, Cesaro wins by the upcut. It looked great as usual. Yeah. Uh, and apart from that, you know, again, another kind of average match. There were some surprises in there. Um, again, we could have. I wish we could have kind of had a bit more going into this. I don't know what the hell they're doing with any of them no. in this kind of circumstance. But um, my prediction is obviously this is going to eventually lead on to Jinder versus Rusev at, um, at Mania. But then we, we get into a big show of Rusev, don't we? Yeah, which it's just I just don't get it. But like, before before <laughs> we get in that, I, obviously you said like one of the things I've got in massive bold letters in my in my notes is that they don't kind of really know what they're doing with anyone, like any of the four that are involved in these two matches. And then you put Sheamus into the scenario as well. So I I think these five, if you include Sheamus are kind of prime candidates for, for the Andre, the giant, which is like for for me personally, Rusev and Sheamus, uh, not Sheamus, sorry, Cesaro, should be way more higher on the card. And I think this might sound, not, it's not me being racist, but the WWE kind of thing, because they there's that language barrier and they may not be as strong on the mic, that's the reason they're not being pushed. Um, oh, I don't know. I feel like Rusev's fantastic talker. You know, um, but, you know, Jinder I kind of get, but I feel like Rusev is... He's, so good on the mic. Yeah. I think he's great, and he's he's funny as well. Yeah, um, like I know he, he. I think he's playing on that more now. But um, even when he was just cutting straight up, you know, xenophobic promos, um, I thought he was great. I thought he's fantastic, and I I don't necessarily feel like that's why they're not pushing him. I just I just feel like they they don't have any ideas what to do with him. Mm. So that's where he's kind of suffering at the moment. Yeah. You know? Well, we'll we'll get into it then. So Rusev and, and Big Show. I don't get it. Like, and the thing that really annoyed, <laughs> the thing that really annoyed me as well is the fact I get because obviously Jinder lost, but I don't get why Rusev lost because for me, as I've mentioned, I think Rusev is one of the guys they should be pushing to the moon. And every time he kind of gets a little bit of momentum behind him, they just kind of put him back. And I think of all people for him to lose to, Big Show, who's been off the scene for months and months, okay, give him his credit. Like he looks in phenomenal shape, but yeah, it just yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. This is it. I feel like they're giving Show a little mini push again. Um, I'm, I obviously the rumors are his match is now off at Mania, so I guess they are trying to find something for him now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, if you if you go back a few weeks, um, Show had a, arguably one of the best matches of his career. With Strowman the other week, yeah, um, yeah, and uh, it was fant- fantastic match. And um, uh, but yeah, I think this is why they're now seeing some value in him again. Um, again, what you mentioned, Rusev taking the fall in this. I, I, in my notes, I've mentioned are oh, Rusev and Jinder becoming essentially the new job squad, you know? <laughs> and um, there's so much wasted potential on Rusev as the 
main event hill. Do you know what I mean? He could be so much more. Um, you know, I don't think this match was all bad, but there were some def- definitely questionable bits. You know, um, you know, again, you know, again, this I can't remember where this pay per view was, um, but it's a very face heavy city. You could feel like the chance were deafening when the faces were kind of coming over. Yeah. Um, you know, we heard a lot of USA chants kind of going out early on in the match. Um, they played on the fact Rusev struggled to knock down show, which I didn't think think made sense much because Rusev is a big guy. Do you yeah. know what I mean? He, it, that's something that you would see a cruiserweight do against Big Show. Um, you know, when they dead punching him and punching him and, and running the ropes and trying to knock him down, and he's just staggering and he's not going. And they were doing that with Rusev, and I was like, he's he's a big dude. He could definitely take out the Big Show. <laughs> you know, um, they don't need to be doing that. Um, but you know, again, they played on a bit of an injury angle. Again, uh, Rusev working the knee of the Big Show. Um, uh, you know, one of my favourite spots was uh, Rusev delivering his fr- free super kicks to the head of Big Show whilst he was on his knees. Yeah. And then uh, g- going for the pin and then Show kicking out at two. And Rusev just looking down in his hands, looking like he's about to cry, going, <laughs> free match kicks, like questioning it wasn't good enough. Um uh, again, it's just Rusev's great. You know, he's got great comedic timing. Um, but yeah, show sh- quickly follows with those three big choke slams, and then uh, that's when they went for a really shit KO punch in that corner, and um, it looked awful. It looked so bad. Well, um, you know, <laughs> that, the thing is, like that whole, it, apart from it looking horrible, it the, the, just the whole finish made me feel really uncomfortable because. For one, Big Show's meant to be the face. So why is he choke slamming Rusev three times? And then it almost kind of just felt like, oh, he's all, I've already knocked him out, so I'm just going to punch him anyway. And it just looked horrible. And the the other thing that kind of wound me up a little bit, and this is I don't know whether it was meant to happen or not, but in the corner of the screen you could see Lana and... If she's meant to be kind of Rusev's manager or, or kind of the the one that kind of steps in, when you see shows setting up for that that KO punch, I did, I expected her to kind of stop it, but she just kind of watched it happen. So she basically watched her pu- husband get punched in the face, and it just made me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, do you know what? I completely forgot Lana was even a part of this whole kind of setup. Um, you know. Yeah, they should have probably played on her being involved in some way more. This I completely forgot she was there. Yeah. You know, um, this was very, very kind of heavily uh, a segment based on Jinder Rusev. Um, I think out of this, I would I would like to see Rusev and show at Mania maybe. I feel like that might be a bit of a money, more money match for Rusev, especially on a, on a big pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, I can see um, that. I don't know what they're going to do with show though. Um I guess that's all up in the air, really, isn't it? Like, I, I don't know. What else could you give Rusev into Mania minus gender? Yeah. Because in, in my head, I thought, because going into this, I thought when they announced the two matches, I thought could potentially just see like a pre-show tag match between Sheamus and Cesaro against Jinder and Rusev. But obviously that kind of now looks looks like it's out the window. And as I, as I mentioned... It kind of looks like they're going to get lost in the shuffle and could be 
in the Andre the Giant match, but uh, and again, like, do you really want to see Show in that again for a third year? It's, but how how do you get a giant over the top rope? Well, you've got about twenty other guys in there, so. <laughs> but how? Oh, just lift him, don't you? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't like to see Show in that place. I, considering the kind of money match he was going to bring to Mania this year um, with Shaq, even though that looks like it's not happening now, um, I feel like he, he deserves. If, if he, considering the shape he's in, and you know the phenomenal matches he's had a couple of weeks ago, he does deserve a bigger spot on the card, especially if it might be his last Mania. Um, I feel like Rusev show would be, probably make the most sense now. Yeah. You know, I feel like they both got nothing going on. Um, you don't have to have Jinder involved in this in any way, um, especially if they've now broken up. But then where do you put Jinder? So yeah. it's kind of like a big question mark. I guess we will learn in the next literal hour when it <laughs> all starts. But, um, you know, that's just my feelings coming off this match anyway. Oh, well, just it's just literally just popped into my head, but... Obviously, we'll we'll get into to the uh, Strowman Reigns match in a bit, but if the whole show Shack thing isn't happening, you could potentially do Strowman Show too, because as you say, like Show put on a brilliant display when they had their match on Raw, so put it on a bigger stage. You've got two big guys; it could work, I guess. Yeah, I mean, again, with the match on Raw the other week, um, they did. It did end quite quickly, and it did feel like they could do more. And I think they definitely know that um, they're not going to give it all away on for free on TV. Yeah. Um, but you know, the exhibition they had on that on that sh- on that match, sorry, like them showcasing themselves, they were doing spots that you'd see, you know, some of the, the, the cruiserweights doing. Mm. That's really impressive from Braun. Um, them two together were great. You know, I, I do feel like. Um, well, I think they they said um, the ratings for Raw was were con- fairly consistent for that um, show and remained there when they saw Braun and Big Show. So I think there's definitely a demand for big guy wrestling currently, mm. and I would love to see that on the big stage. Uh, I think it's yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see Show and Braun at Mania, but I, I feel like they're gonna probably try and shoehorn in something for Rusev. And probably show now. Yeah. I feel like that's where they're gonna go anyway. And then we go on to which was my match of of the evening, uh, Jack Gallagher against Neville for the the cruiserweight title. Um, I think I've mentioned this before, but. I'm a massive, massive Jack Gallagher fan. Like even before he was in WWE, when he was on the Indies, absolutely loved him. And it's not just because I have a ginger mustache as well. <laughs> but I think this match, a lot of people had very low expectations of it because of the whole cruiserweight thing. But oh, it was just, I loved it. I just thought it was so yeah. good. Like Neville was a heel is just fantastic. Jack is so over, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I think both, like, them two together, like, their styles complement each other really well because, obviously, you've got Jack, who's got all the catch wrestling. You've got Neville, who, even though he's 
since turning heel, he's kind of stopped doing the flippy stuff as much, but he's still got that element to to his to his game. And it was just, yeah, I just thought it was it was a really entertaining match all round, really. Yeah, I'd have to completely agree. For me, it was um, highlight of the whole evening. This match, it was fantastic. Um, Again, what what I mentioned earlier, where I do feel like the cruiserweights are now really trying to starting to find their feet. They had a really dodgy start with the cruiserweights. I feel like, but it's only now, as they're introducing these guys slowly, that we're now seeing all these guys work at their best. You know, again, what you mentioned, Neville is arguably the best kind of version of Neville we've seen his whole career um, easily, and I do love what they're doing at Gallagher, like. Yeah, and um, he again. Yeah, you said he is so over. Like he's um, mega over, and I feel like this is probably the first time I feel like this is the most defining rivalry within that cruiserweight division so far. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I think you know, starting off this match, we saw uh, um, that kind of it, it started off. They played on Gallagher's kind of comedic aspect early before this got really physical. Yeah. We saw, we saw him in the turnbuckle head standing, um, and just sticking his boot out and <laughs> yeah. teasing, uh, just teasing Neville. And again, the, like I said before, this crowd is very face heavy and they lapped that spot up massively. Um, and then straight off the bat, we saw some stiff work from the two. And I feel like that was the theme g- continuing into this match was how, really stiff this whole match was yeah. pretty much um, it looked like an absolute war and it, that's exactly what I feel like this division needs to be doing more of that's that kind of style of wrestling mm. um, uh, we saw a really painful slam into the barrier straight off the bat um, to Jack he landed on his neck and I yeah. thought I was, I was questioning if he was hurt or not um, and then again we I feel like this every match has started like this in the whole across the whole card where the heels are just getting the momentum early on and just squashing the faces. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, there was a lot of quick suplexes from Neville as well, some scary ones. Was, like well, where, funny, uh, I've got in my notes there was yeah. one released German suplex, which it just oh, it looked again. It looked like Jack landed on his neck, but it was just so quick and done perfectly that it did. It gave you that kind of like oh, that that the wince, but. Obviously, yeah. it, it was done safe. Well, you, you presume safely, and because obviously the match continued. Well, this is it uh, again. It's just a style thing these guys went into with this match, and um, I was I was questioning whether early on whether Neville was just burying Jack um, off straight off the bat um, because it's just his attitude towards the moves and how quick and how fierce they were, and obviously his immediate emotional reactions there by scowling down at him and standing up very quickly and just mm. looking at him and I was like oh god they're just going to bury Jack straight off the bat um, but no you know going into as the match um, went on um, we saw some scary spots we saw um, a scary suicide dive from Jack straight to Neville as well yeah which I was um, very impressed with to be honest yeah it looked fantastic um Again, like within the first ten minutes, Jack was just bleeding on his arms and it bruised on his legs, and he's just like, he just felt like one of those matches um, where they they must have just gone, let's just go and give it oral, yeah. and it, they did feel like it. Um, there was a really cool middle rope Phoenix splash from Neville, um, and there was some really more. There was further stiff kicks to Jack 
and to the jaw as well. There was this really, I don't know if you remember that one, there's like a really stiff kick just straight yeah, to the jaw. Yeah. And it looks like so convincing. Um, but yeah, really good work. There's a lot, of, obviously, um, the man kind of started turning around, or Jack kind of started getting his headbutts in towards the end. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, they were playing on his character. He, um, he was, you know, doing a funny stumble around the ring right before he tried to pin um, uh, Neville. Um, but again, I, I think the the ending where there was just a massive red arrow and it looked like he had to pull out his moveset just to get this win, even though he hasn't done it in weeks and weeks yeah. and weeks now. And um, that was a great way to pay off that match, I think, is, is give the fans <laughs> almost what they want yeah. and just, like, have that massive ending and i think it makes sense that he, he can only pull out the red arrow for big fights like this you know i know he's a, a heel primarily and he doesn't need to have that in his moveset currently and he's adjusted really well but um do you feel like he needs to be pulling that out quite often now well i, I, I totally agree with you because i think we'd seen on well to fail I've, I've missed the last couple of 205 lives just because of haven't had a chance to watch them but the times when he has kind of gone against like TJ Perkins and stuff like he'd even finished a couple of matches in submissions, which is something we'd never seen from him before. So, yeah. and I, I can't, I can't remember for the life of me who it might've been against TJ, but he teased the red arrow and then almost was like, no, I'm not going to give it to you and got, and got back down off the top rope. And as you say, it's, it's almost kind of like that. I'm only going to use it when I really need to. And I think that, that kind of, it, it does kind of ha- have that kind of face element to it because it is a very flashy move. But like I think the way he performs it and when he... I don't know if he does it intentionally or if it just is the way that he lands, but whenever he lands on someone with the red arrow, he ba- he just seems to bounce off. And I think that kind of... The way he did it with Jack, it kind of added to his, his heel character because it was almost like, I've hurt myself doing this. Why the fuck have I done this? but it's got me the win kind of thing. Yeah. No, um, again, I just feel like this, you know, it made sense for him to do the red arrow in the circumstance because he, he, he dug deep and he's tried everything and Jack was just going for an absolute war and he just needed to pull this out. And I think the commentators actually did well selling the fact he was a bit rusty coming off it because he, he kind of... Um, uh, the amazing sell on him actually finally executing it when he just flipped himself out and struggled to get the pin. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a great way to end it. And um, it, the whole match was a, a whole, it felt like a great war pretty much. Mm. And um, I, I wanted to see more from these guys, but I don't, again, what you said, do you feel like they're going to be going now into Mania and aim for this potential ladder match? See, that's the thing. Like after this match, I really hope they don't because I'd lo- I want to see this again. I want to see Neville and Jack continue feuding. As you mentioned earlier, it's it's kind of the feud that the cruiserweights needed. Um, but are you going to necessarily have two cruiserweight matches on on Mania? Because it's already going to be because we haven't even touched on what's going to happen for SmackDown wise. So. The Mania card is just going to be ridiculous. So I, I just I think just for for their sake to to kind of get everyone on the card, the, it kind of looks like that's that is going to be the case. But I kind of hope that the way they build it is that there's mini feuds within that ladder match, and we we do see 
at some period Jack and Neville have a bit of one-on-one in that match if that is what they go for. Yeah, I, I don't know how immediately they're going to kind of pick up this rivalry. I, I'd assume they kind of will take it into Mania, but not have it as the showcase match for the Cruiserweights. Um, so, you know, I reckon we'll see maybe a bit, bit more back and forth on 205 Live for these two. Um, who knows? But, um, you know, yeah, if you look at the grand scheme of the Mania card, we, we now have a brand split, obviously, and chances are we'll probably see like 10, 11 matches at Mania. So. Yeah it's just so hard to kind of predict who's doing what and I know they're obviously everyone's trying to get their payday aren't they so yeah. they will kind of shoehorn a lot of guys in where they don't need it um, I feel like the next kind of defining match which we'll probably see in within the Cruiserweight division is probably Tozawa and Neville I think them two will actually tear, tear the house down when they finally get to go at each other Yeah. Um, my predictions are they'll probably keep the title on Neville for a long time so I think they um, need to to be honest yeah, that's gone back and forth very quickly already, yeah. hasn't it? But um, before we before we move on, there's one thing that well, thing that I wanted to raise of this match was: has anyone ever made a drop kick look so like lethal as Jack Gallagher? Like, yeah, it, a drop kick's a drop kick, but he just seems to to make them look incredible. Yeah, he's he's his drop kicks. Uh... Definitely a strong contender for one of the best ones currently. Um, you know, it, it could, you know, you could whack it into his finisher, and it, I, I probably, you know, wouldn't be against that yeah. anyway. But um, he's he's got a big one, that fella. Like if you see his size as well, he, he sells it like yeah. a, like it's like monstrous. But yeah, <laughs> and and then off. Oh, sorry, go on. I was going to say we should also mention. Uh, before the match started, Aries mentioning, uh, let's take a look at my beautiful package. <laughs> yeah, twice. <laughs> yeah, he dropped a few puns in there. But... Yeah. I, see, this is... Got, I didn't really want to kind of touch on this, but obviously with Aries now announcing that he's going to be an in-ring competitor, I've loved him on commentary, so who the hell are they going to get to replace him? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Unless oh, he God. just does his match and then jumps back on commentary. To, I don't know. I d- I don't know. Um, well, this is it. Like, it, it questions whether this was like a um, a permanent fixture to have him on that commentary desk whilst he was. In- I know he was injured, and obviously he had needed to do something. I didn't. I didn't think he would be dedicating himself this much to the commentary as we have seen. Yeah, he's been great though. I can't fault it in any way. He's been, you know, definitely the highlight of that division. It does surprise me that they're bringing him. It obviously they're teasing him to be. With the cruiserweights now, um, I would have liked to seen him do more in NXT, considering there's a bit of a talent hole down there at the moment. Yeah. I thought he would be eventually going back to that, and it only be on two or five for a few weeks. Um, but I don't. He's now become a staple of that division, so it's it's hard to say what, who they're going to have there. I, I'd assume probably um, they maybe just keep it two man commentary. Um, yeah, or is it two-man already? Who's who's commentating for 205 it's, currently? It's, um, Moro, is it Corey? Yeah, Moro, no. Corey and, and Aries. Maybe they just stick it to the two of them now. Yeah. And I think, I feel like commentary teams are better with just two people anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know who you replace them. I don't necessarily think they will replace them because, it, you know, um, yeah, I don't think I don't think they will replace them. We'll have to see though. Yeah. And then we had 
a very pointless New Day segment. Do we, <laughs> do we want to talk about that or should we just skip it? Well, this is it. I, I, I opened up a new document for the notes for the New Day segment and then <laughs> nothing happened. So I just wrote nothing. And then, yeah, I, you know, they're teasing ice creams. Great. That's it. Yeah. You know. Cool. There we are. Right, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, yeah. Born Strowman, Roman Reigns. <laughs> I'm really annoyed with the finish, but we'll get onto that in a minute. But yeah. as, a, as a whole, I think both guys looked really strong. Like, Strowman continually looks incredible. I think the way they've built him, especially for a big guy, has been really, really well done they haven't rushed him into the main event sort of picture. And I, th- I think each time like he's being put in these big matches, he's, he's showing a little bit more. Obviously we saw with the ridiculous, like flying Strowman, whatever it was going to be like that. He has that in his, his back pocket if need be. Um, and again, like reigns, we know he can have good matches, but it's just the booking of him. It's just, so aggravating and the fact that he won this clean just I got so angry but another thing that I wanted to to touch upon which this happened in in the women's match as well but the spot where they're they're battling outside the ring and Strowman power slams reigns through the table why was that not a disqualification I don't know. They, this is it. Like with um, whenever they do this kind of stuff, in, even in on Raw or whatever, they just—I don't think they do that anymore, do they? they, yeah. they I don't know why. I, I I agree what you're saying. It should technically you'd be like, oh, that's well, that's technically using an object, offensive weapon. They just don't, do they? Because Especially with announce table spots, it's just strange. It's a weird loophole. Because <laughs> because that's the thing. I I can't in my head when that happened. I was like, okay, brilliant. That's how they're they're ending it. It protects both guys, and it kind of builds up on a feud for later on. But then the bell didn't ring, and I was like, oh, okay. It's just yeah, I'm it just surpri- didn't make yeah. sense. I'm surprised because I think they've been doing this a while now. Oh, maybe um, it's just my ignorance not, to it. It's then. not a recent thing. I think they've they've been doing this for years and years. Um, whenever the announce tables used in any kind of legal match, um, it's not counted as a DQ for some reason. And I don't know if it's because it's a set piece or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like if they pulled out a table from under the ring and whacked it in the ring and did that, and then it would be DQ. Yeah, but it's, maybe it's, it's not just, with the announce table. Maybe I've just uh, not noticed it before. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's strange. I've questioned that as well. But um, no, they've uh, something they've been getting away with for a while now. Yeah. I think. Anyway, but yeah, it's weird. But yeah, what what did you think of the match in general? Pretty much your your vibe on it. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I liked the. Uh, I actually liked the match. I just the the ending was what kind of deflated the whole result. Yeah. I feel like. Um, yeah. I mean, my first. And foremost, most important though, is Roman's wearing trainers for some oh, reason. Yeah, I, I had that as well. I, I was like, why <laughs> is he wearing trainers? I don't know. He was really it's off-putting like, as well, because it was the yeah. only bit of white on him. It was just, yeah. 
it, it just felt like he, he had his feet up backstage and he had a cup of tea before the match. And just, <laughs> I don't know, just forgot to change him or maybe he's just lost his boots. But you feel like he would, they I, would do something about it. I kind of felt like that was it. Like he lost his boots. So it was like, oh, so I'll just wrestle in trainers. It's just weird, isn't it? Um, yeah, I didn't like it. But anyway, like the actual wrestling, um, the crowd was so hot going into this as well. Yeah. They, they were so vocal. And uh, I think arguably so, you know, this is, this, you know, despite me slagging off Raw for not building the undercard, what they've done with the main card here, uh, people are very into, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so early on, I guess we saw Braun throwing Roman around like a ragdoll, um, all those typical spots. And he was dominating for, throughout the most of the match mm. as well. Um uh, you know, he seemed like he was taking the air out of Roman pretty much. Um, and whenever Roman got the momentum back on his side and he was about to get the big spots like a Superman punch, Strowman just swat him down again and he'll be back to square one. I did like that a lot and I feel like they played on that very well in this match. Um, you know, uh, again, they started selling an injury. Yeah. <laughs> so Braun's selling the fact he's got a bit of a knee tweak. And uh, that happens again for the tenth time the show. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, you know, uh, obviously one of the biggest highlight spots of this match was Braun going up top. Yeah, and that was, looked amazing. <laughs> I was really impressed with that. Um, it's so impressive to see Strowman do all this stuff and how quick he is. And I know he's a, like a former football player and stuff, but um, uh, yeah, like. It still impresses me whenever he does this kind of high, kind of or fast kind of um, offense and stuff. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, again, the wrestling as a whole was really good in this match, and I did feel like Strowman did look like that monster throughout. And he's, the way he was just swatting Reigns down, yeah. it's just the I guess the result is kind of what's deflated everything with this match. And you know, um, it did feel like a short match as well. Um, I don't know if you got that vibe at all. Yeah, no. Now you said it, to be honest, it, yeah, it, it did feel a little bit short. I, I don't know whether that's because they are now, again, just reserving themselves for when they do this properly down the line. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe they are kind of suddenly realizing that, and that's the argument with Raw is the fact we've seen everyone fight each other already since the brand split. Um. But yeah, like I guess people will start predicting um, that Undertaker would show up in this match. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that would end in a no contest because of that. Um, but I guess we'll probably learn more about that on Brawl now because it just ended and that was it. Fade to black, wasn't it? And yeah. it was just like, um, where do we go from here? It it's really does suck that the fact Strowman's kind of had to take the fall in this one. I feel like they could have... Roman could, probably could have got away with it, but I understand if the plans are for Roman to face the Undertaker, then they do need to make him look strong, which yeah. is such as, which you know. But um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't love the ending on this one. No, and like, if you think back to when when Strowman first kind of had his like singles run, obviously he, I know he's doing squash matches, but he was only doing like five moves max sort of thing so to see him kind of come on leaps and bounds and then to go on this this unbeaten streak so so to say i know like he maybe not necessarily was against any of like your main main event guys and this was arguably like his first kind of 
big match. So I, I think like him going, like Reigns going over was kind of is more detrimental than to Strowman than anything because it kind of kills off all momentum he had. Um, and obviously going into Mania, I know we met, obviously mentioned could potentially see him against Big Show, but it it kind of feels to me like what the hell do you do with him now? Like he's you've proven he can be beaten. Like what what are you going to do with him at Mania? Yeah, um, this is it. Um, I I don't know where you put Braun on the card currently um, for Mania. Um, I guess I, I assume they have plans because Vince is so behind this guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, we mentioned it earlier, but maybe Big Show. If not, uh, I don't know who else really. I don't know, Sami Zayn again. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I feel like see, this is the problem on Raw. Everyone's, you know, already had a go at everyone already. So yeah. it's just like, I don't know. You, you, like, what's big for Braun that isn't something we've seen already? Yeah. Um, I, I did actually have in my notes this match as well that. Um, I don't know if you caught the Raw segment this week, um, but the the ending segment was uh, essentially Braun tricking Roman to come out for a contract signing and just beating him down. Yeah, yeah, um, and the, that's it, when the top rope exploded or whatever it was. Yeah, so in that segment, there was a lot of cool spots, and I felt like maybe they they might have given away a lot um, for, of the match in that segment, I feel like they could have probably carried that over and saved those spots for this match, um, which would have made it feel a bit more of a war. Um, so I do feel like they might have given, I feel like that segment arguably was a bit more heightened than the wrestling or the big spots in this match. Like if they saved that for this pay-per-view, I felt like it would have been more unique, yeah. you know, out of the battles we have seen between the two. Um, and I, you know, I, maybe it's a logistics thing. They couldn't have done that turnbuckle spot like before the main event and stuff. I don't know, but um, I thought that that looked more like a battle than this match did. Yeah, was the segment in on Raw? Um, I do feel like they gave away a bit too much up front, and you know, the result of this match, we didn't see any kind of clear indication of what's kind of happening. I guess that we'll just see on Raw. But yeah. again, this match. I don't feel like the right guy won. That's all, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get on to the to the women's uh, title match. I I was quite intrigued to see how they were going to play this one out because a lot of people kind of said they backed themselves, uh, WWE backed themselves into a corner with the whole Charlotte go, being undefeated at pay-per-views and obviously finally putting the belt on Bailey. Um I thought this was, it wasn't the best match, but it wasn't by no means the worst either. But I, th- I think they, they kind of done quite well because even though Bailey retained the belt, I think Charlotte still looked really strong. Bailey needed the help of Sasha to to get the win essentially, and I just for for me, I, the more I see Charlotte, I think. It's clear, like she is arguably going to be probably one of, if not the greatest women wrestlers that we've ever seen in WWE. Um, and I, th- I've got this problem with Bailey because, again, going back to NXT, I really enjoyed her up until she got the belt, and I think that 
it's kind of going to be the similar syndrome here. I know she hasn't been on Raw as long, but she, she's kind of a, a bit like Sami Zayn. She's better chasing than holding. And I think now that she's holding the belt going into Mania, I don't really know what they're going to do with her and how they're going to kind of... If, if they do do this four-way, then it does put her at, at more of a risk. But the, the only angle that I can kind of see coming out of this is later down the line, S- Sasha finally turns heel and then we see Bailey Sasha. But yeah, I... I it was a weird, weird ending for me that that Charlotte didn't continue the streak. Yeah, I feel like that was a big again. You know, I think that's an, another huge missed opportunity. Was just the way this whole feud has been booked. It's, it just feels like an absolute clusterfuck. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I, I really, again, I didn't really, I didn't enjoy this match at all. Um, I feel like there was some, uh, there was some. You know, spots that had some ambition, and there were some spots that just fell flat on their ass completely. Yeah. And um, the springboard weird elbow uh, in the corner. Yeah, that's in my that's in my nose. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what what was what was that meant to be? I the, don't know. The, the thing um, that, that she went for it once and then didn't do it, and then went for it a second time and still messed it up. Just oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, she so she missed it the first time. I've got it, and then she went for some kind of springboard bottom rope. Uh, thing while Charlotte's hanging upside down and just it just like slaps her on the wrist yeah and that is it and I was like all right and then uh yeah so um you know I'm just reading from my notes I, I, I think halfway through I got a bit bored and yeah. uh and then Sasha kind of interferes when Charlotte's about to tease this huge moonsault um at, whilst Bailey is ringside so the biggest kind of like question mark on this match is why did the bell not? Sorry, why did the ref not ring the bell? Well, again, when, when, Char- when yeah. Sasha collided with Charlotte and this, grabbed her, you know, this is kind of what I was going to bring up because obviously I mentioned with the Braun Strowman thing, and as you kind of put me on the right tracks, that ta- tables might be the exception <laughs> to the rule, but this they they were blatantly hitting each other. Sasha was not in the match. You could see the ref waving his arms. But nothing was called, and I was just like, "What is the point?" And like, the one of the things that I saw going around is that tonight you could potentially see Stephanie come out and say that the match was null and void, and then that preserved Charlotte's record and so on and so forth. But in the then and now, it just didn't. It yeah, I just didn't get it. Yeah, this is it. There's a number of things why I didn't like this. There was a lot of botched kind of spots and not well very executed stuff. Like, you know, and the booking is a massive problem, I feel like. I feel like this whole story between Bailey and Charlotte, the payoff has to be uh, Bailey winning the title at Mania. I feel like Charlotte shouldn't have dropped the title a few weeks back on Raw. That was the way that was executed was bad as well. Um, with Charlotte, uh, sorry, Sasha coming down and helping out. Yeah. Obviously, there's blurred lines as well. Was like these these guys are the faces, and they're given the the hill her comeuppance, and she's she's that you know they're doing hill things technically at the moment. It's just like it doesn't it doesn't work for me. And then the other factor is not only is the booking just a bit questionable, why Bailey is now carrying the title when they couldn't have given this like to her at Mania. I guess it's because they're planning to do a four-way or whatever now. But yeah. um, that, for me, would have made 
a lot more sense. Um, the, the reaction would have been a lot hotter for Bailey to do this at Mania and overcome the, the pay-per-view streak. Um, but for Bailey now to break the streak anyway, and the fact Sasha was involved um, <laughs> at all, and they're meant to be the faces, and they broke the streak, and Bailey's still the title holder, and it's just like, what? I, I, it just they, they've missed so much with this feud yeah. like so many opportunities missed and not only is the booking poor but the storyline is being executed so poorly and it's just you know I, we haven't discussed the finish yet but obviously Bailey like sorry Charlotte hits the is it natural selection yeah and then she uh, goes for the pin and then Sasha gets the attention of the ref waves him down he notices and she points out the facts that uh the you know the tights are being pulled and then he also like, all right well that went out oh you know don't count the three and then out now we see the bailey to belly and that's it and it yeah. just again it just you know if 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 the hill was pointing out the facts someone a face had pulled the tights um the ref would just continue, wouldn't he? Like yeah. in any other circumstance in WWE, you could argue it's a bit fresher. It's just so, I just don't like any of it. Yeah. And <laughs> it's just, I mean, I like some of the spots and these, these girls, if they were given the right stage and the right booking, they could have probably arguably had one of the best matches of the year, but it's just so much, so many like weird blurred lines in this feud. And the, the result, I just feel like, why have they killed this streak now? Mm. You know, well, one of the things that I've I made a note of, and it could be just because this match was a bit, as you say, it was a bit botchy in spaces. But do do you feel that kind of Bailey in particular that her limitations are she she oh sorry her limit she does have limitations to what she can do because I think I mean the Bailey to Belly is for me probably the worst finisher in wrestling full stop but but she doesn't really seem to have a particular move set that she does and I, th- I think that might be something that is also kind of hindering this feud is because charlotte is this athletic specimen that she can't she can do the moonsault she can do the submission hold she can do the power moves whereas bailey can kind of do a couple of suplexes and that's kind of it do you feel the same? Um, I, I'm a fan of Bailey, but I do feel like um, she the nerves get the best of us sometimes, especially on the main roster. I feel like she was more at home in NXT. Mm. Um, I think you could argue that her moon her move set is a bit. It does change a bit. I wouldn't say change, but necessarily she, she does a lot of different stuff, and in different matches, you could argue that keeps it fresh, but. Um, the only kind of other big Bailey's kind of spot that I can kind of remember off Tom Mayer is like if she did a she does a roll through and does that kind of Mexican wave. Thing. Yeah, yeah. That's the only other thing I can think. Apart from all of she does a lot of technical stuff, and she's good at that. But um, I think the main issue here is the fact she just looks too green on the main roster. Yeah. Um, you know, you can you can you can tell that in her promo work. She's a bit shaky and or doesn't know what to do and. Uh, She's a bit clumsy. Like she, I think the other week she stumbled on the way to the ring, and it's just like, you know, um, I, I, I just feel like this would have been a lot better, and 
they could have really played an underdog story if, if Sasha had nothing to do with this and Bailey just went over at Mania breaking the streak. I think yeah. that would have been an even bigger story to be told. Not like just ending the streak at Fastlane because a face helped a face do a hill thing against the hill. <laughs> yeah. which is, you know what I mean? It just makes it just makes little sense to me. And another thing that people kind of raised, and I and I'm kind of inclined to agree, but is Bailey the the super Cena of the women's division? Oh, I don't know. I don't. Don't think that to no? that extent. No. Um, the thing is, Cena. You can with with Cena. You could argue he's actually obviously great. So like, you could argue all his accomplishments and his protection is because he is good. Yeah. Um, I think Bailey's great, but I don't think she's nowhere near the level of John Cena. I don't think she protected nowhere near as much as John Cena. Um, I feel like she's. You know, she's the internet darling that WWE have put some faith in. And it's because of gimmick as well, I guess. It's because it translates well with the younger audience yeah. and kids and stuff. And she's there's money there. And that's I think she was the first person out of NXT to kind of really capitalise on the, the younger audience out of NXT. Because obviously NXT fans are typically mid-20s smarks like us. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And she was the one selling T-shirts to kids. So I think they see that potential in her on the main roster. And that's why they're giving her this push. But I don't think she's, you know, I don't think they're letting her win because she's just that good. I feel like she, I don't think she'll hold the title for long at all now. Yeah. Because um, she is still so great. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think she's protected that much. And if this, if this four-way does happen at Mania, do you think that she'll come out still on top? Or do you think Charlotte will potentially regain the belt? Or even... One of the other two, if it is a four-way, um, I could see Sasha possibly winning it, and then we be Bailey. Sa- um, I I don't know. I don't. I don't think. No, I don't think Bailey would still be champion after Mania. Yeah. Um, I I don't want to see Charlotte win it again. I do feel like they are bumping the numbers up for the sake of it now. For her. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I feel um. No, I yeah. No, I think Sasha's probably gonna come out Mania as champion and then we'll probably see Bailey Sasha. I, I don't want much back and forth thing with the women's title anymore because no. it's, it's gone through a lot. Like you gotta think this title was only debuted at Mania last yeah, year. Yeah, it's, it's not even changed. a year old. It's changed about ten times now already, yeah. so yeah. And then to to close off proceedings, we have a spear, a jackhammer, and a one, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, obviously we can't really say much about it because the match was only I think I think someone clocked it in about 20 seconds I think someone's officially after the bell rung I think it was 22 yeah, seconds yeah. something but yeah but the one thing that I th- um, obviously I get it builds into the two stories of obviously Jericho Owens at Mania Goldberg Lesnar at Mania and it appeared in my opinion, it appears that they're going to put the belt back on Brock, which I don't understand. But the one thing that I did like was obviously Owens keeping like not getting in the ring. And at first it annoyed me because I was sort of like, well, he's definitely losing as soon as I first saw him do that. But in my head, I kind of thought, well, he knows he's losing. So is he just doing this to piss 
everyone at the back off just to prolong it. Did you get that feeling? Um, well, if we go back a bit, like, so going into this match, um, overall the past few weeks, um, after the, obviously we had the Festival of Friendship, which was an incredible <laughs> yeah. segment. And um, since then, we've seen Owens feel like a legit threat again. He's not the comedy character. He's a guy who, legit, I felt, I was convinced that we might see a standing chance of Owens winning this. And it's because of the confidence he was giving in his promos. And, like, he was convinced he had the, you know, tactics down to beat Goldberg. And it wasn't even, like, meant to be funny. It was just straight up Owens being a legit, scary opponent. And, like, he, you know... That's it's basically how he was when he first came in. You know, that's that's he was that again. Yeah. So going into this match, I was I had my fingers crossed. So I thought there was a legit chance we'd see Owens get out of this somehow. I don't know how, but get out of this somehow and still have that belt. Um, also, we should quickly mention as well. I don't know why Mick Foley. Um, was telling Samoa Joe not to interfere in this match, and he wasn't there anyway. Yeah, and that was a bit weird. I, why? I mean, that's got nothing to do with this. <laughs> I know, obviously, they're trying to. I think they're just trying to plant the seeds for the fact there'll be a little faction there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, going into this match, I thought Goldberg might have a chance that he won't win the title, and we'll see Owens get out of this. So when he when he did the initial rollouts there at the start. I was like, yes, great, keep it going. And then obviously the commentary team would be like, oh yeah, he's wearing him, he's wearing down his stamina, his adrenaline before he gets back in the ring, and he teased it a couple more times. Um, <laughs> and yeah, <sighs> and then obviously it just happens. Yeah. Twenty seconds over, Jericho's there. Uh, title's gone, and then it's, <sighs> I you know this was predictable, and it not only was this predictable in the outcome regardless just the fact it was like at this point uh was it i've got it in my notes 3 48 a.m yeah and the women's match had just finished and i was like well we've got like 20 minutes left of the pay-per-view i was hoping we'd see maybe some wrestling um from this match but i, I guess that's what everyone wanted to see um i think the big kind of concern is does does kevin owens versus sorry does goldberg versus brock lesnar need the title for it to feel like a bigger fight than it already yeah. is for Mania. And I think everyone's, not everyone, obviously, but like the most common opinion is, no, it doesn't. You know, if we saw a big brawl at Mania between uh, Goldberg and Brock and it being some kind of actual match, I think people would have been satisfied. I know this match was going to go on last day. Anyway, uh, did it really need the title there? Um People, some, some people are like, yeah, it did, you know, made it fresh. We, we don't want to have a um, Survivor Series Part 2 or anything like that. Or, But, you know, it's just, I feel like, I feel like they could have told a massive story of Jericho versus Owens at Mania, especially if it was for the title. I feel like it would have been a well-deserved main event match. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, yeah, that's just my two cents. I guess there's not much to say, really, because of how short and disappointing yeah. this, this segment was. But um, what's your two cents on it? Well, I think the only kind of positive that kind of came out of it, and I can't remember if it was either Corey Graves or, or Michael Cole said it, but after all the times that Jericho helped Owens keep the title, it was eventually Jericho that made him lose it, which... 
that was the only kind of positive that that I got from it was that you had Jericho back in his flash jacket and not obviously you assume that it, later on we're going to see him being a bit of a face again um but yeah I think that was that was the only positive that kind of came out of it I've, I was as I, as I said I I knew the inevitable was going to happen I I did kind of there was a small bit of me that hoped that there would be a bit more of a bit more wrestling because we like since Goldberg's return we literally I think we've seen him do one other move and it's like okay I get that you, that's what you're there to do but is that really enough and I mean if you're going to put two part-timers in your main event at Mania for the title I, I get the Mania isn't for, for people like us who watch everything week in week out it is for the casual fans as well and it is a showcase in that aspect but for for the smark in me it just it just aggravates me that the belt is going to be on a part-timer for at least two maybe three months it just doesn't make sense yeah you know um, um maybe it's, you know maybe we're not the right guys to ask about um who, if we're hyped about it you know it just yeah i d- where do we go from here, really? Like, I guess, you know, Brock's going to win the title back. Yeah. That's, I think that's the you know, general consensus is Brock's going to win the title back. Um, and, you know, this is the thing is, is that match going to be any good anyway? Because, you know, Goldberg can't wrestle 20 seconds without blowing up. And, you know, um, some scary statistics as well. Like, you know, uh, Goldberg's wrestled 107 seconds in the past, like 10 years or something. And he's... Now he's champion. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it's um. I don't know how well how good this match going to be at Mania. Well, I, I guess I think in it's... The circ- yeah. I, I guess in the that circumstance we can be surprised, but it's and we could argue it's unpredictable. Yeah. But we we all I think we all know that Lesnar's going to come out of Mania as champion again. But what's what's for Lesnar following that? Yeah. How would you book Lesnar following Mania? Well, but before I go into that, because I was going to yeah. say, obviously, you mentioned. The, how little Goldberg's wrestled, and in the matches that we've seen Lesnar in of of late, so the against Orton, against Cena, um, against Undertaker, he he literally just ragdolls people, and that's kind of his equivalent to what Goldberg does. So it's almost like you put in two people that do bare minimum into what is essentially going to be the biggest match. It just yeah, I I can't see it being entertaining. It it could be brutal as hell because both of the guys may not give a shit. But yeah, it's just, it's just one of those ones I don't really get. But to book book Brock going forward, I I don't know who who you put him against. Like, do you put him against Cena again, and then that Cena that's the the record breaking title win for Cena. That's that's the only thing that I can kind of think of, really. But I mean, you argue whether um, Brock would. Well, Brock's part for all, so. Yeah, but I there might be they, an, a brand draft yeah. again. So. Do you think they'll do a brand split this, or another like draft this year, or? Uh, potentially. Yeah, I think that's. I think that is tall already, but. Yeah. I don't know if it's the smartest thing yet. I, I think. I, don't know. I think I it really kind of does because. So, 
I think Raw needs freshening up, so I think it, it does need to be. It need, needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it probably makes sense for another one to happen. But yeah, you know, off the back of this match, I think you know everyone feels a bit deflated, and I, I feel like we it's so predictable this this kind of whole match um, with between Owens and Goldberg, and not only did we. I feel like Owens did make the most out, out of it as he as much as he could of like the promos going in were amazing, and um, even if he his kind of only moment to shine in this match was the fact he was trying to be more of a psychological wrestler by rolling out the ring, he he did that perfectly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what suffers the most is the fact is the booking is just a bit naff, isn't it? So yeah. Right. Well, that that is fast lane. It was. Not exactly WWE's greatest hour, well, three hours, but <laughs> we got through it, and yeah. ne- next up, WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm very much, I'm in an hour-ing about the whole pay-per-view as a whole, but um, I'm looking forward to SmackDown. So Yeah, well, that's the general consensus now, isn't it? That the SmackDown side of things just seem to be a lot more on point. And I mean, like, just looking back at, obviously, last week with the whole... Randy Wyatt sort of angle. I saw people that weren't even interested in wrestling talking about that. And that's what you need, especially in the run up to WrestleMania, is to you need something like that to grab those casual fans. Um and I think just SmackDown are just doing it ten times better than Raw at the moment. Yeah, I feel like I I've said this since the brand split, but every time I watch SmackDown, I feel like at the end of that show I always feel like, oh, What's this? Is what's happening next week? Or they got? They just always feel like they got a long term plan on SmackDown, yeah. and Raw just always feels like it's Vince panicking, throwing the show together half an hour before it starts, and uh, you never know what's the following week's kind of deal and this and that. But um, yeah, I feel like SmackDown, whoever's writing that now, um, they've clearly got this long, complicated plan going into Mania. And they've deliberately done it as well, I think, where mm. they've gone, oh, uh, well, you know, Randy's done this and now he's not doing this and now he's turned on Bray. He's just had this great segment last week. And then it's like, oh, no, but AJ, that's because a big question mark for AJ. And I just feel like whoever wrote on SmackDown has had this eight-week plan going into Mania. It's like, right, I want to do all this. And it's great. Yeah. And I, just, I know, like, tomorrow night SmackDown's going to be very awesome. Um, and then just next, I'll be, at the end of the show, I'll be questioning what's happening next week because they would have <laughs> yeah. teased it already. Do you know what I mean? But Raw is just a cluster. I, like you mentioned earlier, I think maybe we would benefit from a brand split this year, but I don't know. But yeah, that's Fastlane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Well, as I say, we look forward to, to the marathon that is going to be WrestleMania. And mm. obviously, we'll have TakeOver before as well. So. I think Ooh. I think when we cross that bridge, I might do this in two parts. So I might do a takeover and then WrestleMania just to kind of break things up because otherwise we're going to be chatting for hours. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> but no, Callan, thank you again as always for, for joining me. And I'll, if I don't speak to you before, I'll speak to you after WrestleMania. Yeah, lovely. Always a pleasure, Tim. Thanks cool. for having me again. Take it easy, dude. have it Goldberg
Rogue is your new WWE Universal Champion. Uh, the whole pay-per-view leaves a lot of questions going into uh, what is set to be a mammoth WrestleMania this year. Um, obviously, we've got Raw tonight, which I'm not going to stay up and watch. I'll watch it on uh, probably Wednesday because I'm going to the theatre with my parents tomorrow. Um, and then we've got uh, SmackDown as well, which obviously all roads now lead to WrestleMania, so storylines will definitely start to develop in the upcoming weeks. Uh, next week we return to form with another band interview. Uh, this time I caught up with the guys in Group of Man uh, when they recently came down here to Portsmouth to play a charity uh, show for the Rose Hospice. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that when that goes live. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at just underscore and underscore insight uh, using the hashtag JAIPod. Uh, or you can email me at just underscore and underscore insight at hotmail.co.uk. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes, so please uh, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast because uh, it does open us up to new listeners. Um, I'm going to keep it short and sweet now because I'm really tired. It's been a long weekend, um, but I do really appreciate you guys listening and giving all the feedback. So for now, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining me, and I will see you soon. Yeah.